Welcome to Find Your Yellow Tux. I'm Jesse Cole, a baseball team owner turned showman, turning my back on the status quo. This is the show for people creating their own path. It's showtime. Episode two here in beautiful Savannah, Georgia at Grayson Stadium, the home of the Savannah Bananas. I'm here with the most amazing interviewer slash wife, Emily Cole. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate being called the wife sometimes. Sometimes I claim it. You heard in episode one, we heard a lot about our story and how we started yellow tuxing the baseball industry. And now we're going to talk about how to yellow tux any business and yellow tux yourself. So Emily, you're going to lead this amazing interview as you've seen us work with different companies and people and how to look at life a little bit differently. Yeah. So I guess let's just start on a generic, like who do you think can yellow tux their business? Which industries are the best for this? Who can, who can yellow tux their job? I mean, what I've seen is that so many different businesses, they are just kind of going about it the same way as everyone else. They are trying to compete with everyone. And I think it's better to be the only than to be the best. And to yellow tux, it's about being the only. And if you look at some of the companies that are really standing out these days, they're doing things so much differently than everyone else. So I think there's a, a lens. I think there's a way you can look at it. And a good starting point is to look at your industry. So whatever business you're in, whether it's an accounting, whether it's a, a law firm, whether it's a restaurant, start with that lens and think about what are people frustrated about in your industry? What upsets people about your industry? I think right now we could list things of, of, of any business that frustrates you. I mean, right yeah, now... Give let, us some examples. Well, I, I mean, let, let's, let, let's think about from a, a restaurant business. Now, what are things that actually just drive you nuts when you go to a restaurant? Let's just... Uh, walk in the door and there's nobody there. Yeah, there's no one there to greet you. Yeah. Or it's the same as everyone else. The food's the same. Everything's just generic, all yeah. right? But people don't talk about the same. You know, I think if you look at the, the greatest example right now is uh, what has Uber and Lyft done? And, you know, obviously Uber's in the news right now, and, but, but Lyft, and it, they're standing out because what do people hate about the cab industry? It was a main, some main things. The cab industry, it was overpriced mm-hmm. and expensive. Mm-hmm. I think that they hated that. Uh, the cars were mostly not kept up well. Yep, they were dirty. dirty. Um, you know, it's tough connecting with the people sometimes yeah, or the cab drivers. Couldn't understand. And, and all that. So what did Uber and Lyft do? They basically cut the pricing in half. They had nicer cars, more people that you could connect with. And the biggest thing is the time. You know, I say this all the time. I think everyone is in the time business. And when you try to get a cab, it could take forever. But you just go on your phone, you press Uber and Lyft, and a car's there. They looked at this exact same lens of what is what is bad, what is frustrating, what what upsets you about an industry, and that's a starting point on how you start to yellow tux your business. And you know, for us in the baseball industry, it was very simple to see that what people are saying about baseball, it's long, slow, and boring. And a lot of times it becomes now overpriced. And so what do we look at? How do we make it nonstop entertainment about fun, about excitement? And then as we mentioned in the first episode, how do you make it all, all you can eat so you have a better price point? That's how we started. So I think if you just look at your business right now and very simply try to take the lens off of you're already in it. Think outside. What do people not like about your business? And that is the best starting point to uh, you know, really begin to yellow tux your business. One of the words and, and things that you've taught me over the years is reinvention. And so I guess if that's the first step, is it almost like someone needs to reinvent the industry that they're in? 
Well, re- reinvent such a big word. I think if we say reinvent, I mean, you know this, it's like, wow, you're going you're gonna to do it so much different than everyone else. I mean, it can be a very, very simple uh, adjustment that, okay. that you look at. So, um, you know, if you look at, you know, Netflix, I mean, I guess Netflix, if you look at it, it reinvented yeah. the, the industry. But it was just basic on the same simple that people show up to Blockbuster, they have late fees, it's a lot more inconvenient. And Blockbuster didn't see Netflix coming. And all of a sudden, Netflix said, we're going to make it more convenient, easier, and a better price point. And they knocked Blockbuster out of it. So yes, to answer your question, some companies like Netflix, um, you know, Airbnb, um, a company that I'm fascinated by right now is Casper. Um, they're reinventing the mattress industry. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is they are actually just shipping mattresses out very easily, very quick, very fast at a better price point. It's just better. And, and that's what Warby Parker's done, Tom's Shoes. So those are the big reinvention. But even in a small scale, look at a business and how you can look at it differently. So you, you almost take a, a small step and change something small. And then I guess if it works well, it could end up reinventing that industry. Exactly. I mean, you remember the other day I was on the phone and I don't want to give any names of any banks, but let's just call them Bank of Shamerica. All right. So I'm on the phone. So I'm on the phone with Bank of Shamerica. Classic. Yep. And you remember how upset I was. I mean, be- always. Everyone's always upset when you're on the phone with the bank. It's brutal. And it's so simple. I'm trying to get through to someone and I can't. They're saying dial four, dial five to this. Yep, give, automated. Give your code, give your social security, give all this number. And I'm sitting there for 15, 20 minutes. I just want to talk to someone to get something figured out. That's such a, I mean, that's such a simple way to look at your business. If there's one very frustrating point like that, like make it so I can talk to someone and get it figured out. Yet the banking industry hasn't figured that out yet. So you can look at a big industry like that and just find one small point. If all of a sudden I know that I can call a bank at any point and get and talk to someone and get my answer figured out within a matter of seconds or minutes, Mm -hmm. they're the bank for life for me. And I think that's what uh, people don't look at. It's just one area of frustration. Awesome. Okay, so to simplify those companies that you just listed, the the Ubers, the Netflixes, the Airbnbs, the Caspers, is there just one simple thing that you think they all did the same or one lens that they looked through? Yeah, I mean, I think this goes into the second step. And, you know, before I go into that, I'll, I'll make another great example was, you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I think, you know, he, it's just also looking into television shows. I mean, he was frustrated with the way sitcoms were going, so he changed it. He made it a show about nothing. And that's why that show lived on for nine years as maybe the most iconic show of all time and had the most success because it was one example. Everyone else was going the same direction, doing sitcoms with the laugh tracks and having these set plots and everything. He said, nope, we're going to go the exact opposite direction. And, you know, that's one of my last points is whatever is normal, do the exact opposite. But it started for him because of frustration. And, you know, to answer your question, the, the, the second point, I think after you find out what you're frustrated about, what bothers you, is, is par- probably the most important. And that is, what is the perfect experience for your customers? It sounds so simple, but many people don't think about it. They think about short-term profits or think about what they think is perfect for them, yep. but what's not perfect for their customers. So, I mean, you've, I think you've, you've seen a lot of that and, you know, why we named our company, well, we named it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fans first, obviously, we decided that that was the ultimate, the most important thing was putting them first and that everything else would stem from that. Mm-hmm. So we just had that one clear goal, I think. And, and it sounds like these companies have all become successful because they focused on what their customers wanted. And yeah, I've always had a great Airbnb experience mm-hmm. and Netflix experience and Uber. So that does seem to be a trend with them. But why can't just regular day businesses in your, in your community think of it like that? And I think it's, like I said, they're th- focused on the short-term profits. It may take a lot of time to think, you know what, to you know, go out of your way and thank every customer. It takes time. 
you know, it takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. And, you know, I think a book that every single business owner should read is Customers for Life by Carl Sewell. And it's a great concept about a person who uh, owned numerous car dealerships in Texas. And he did the numbers and he realized that one customer for life, between all the cars they buy, all the services, everything they do, is worth over $500,000. Now, my question for you is, as a business owner, if you knew how much one customer was worth for life, how much would you invest in making sure that experience is amazing? Oh, of course. I don't think anybody looks at it like that. That's interesting. But that, no, it's just, it's just the reality. I mean, I think the reality is they don't look at the fact that um, it's a long-term relationship with their customer. They sure. look at everything short-term. And yep. another great book, and I love talking about this, is Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. You know, think about this, not just creating customers, but creating raving fans. And he gives great examples about a, a tailor and a, a cab driver and a grocery store that really thinks about that perfect experience for the customer. And if they establish that, uh, you're, you're, you're set. And, you know, I mean, we could talk a little bit now and have some fun, talk about how we think about that perfect experience mm-hmm. for the customer. So what most people don't realize is that perfect experience isn't when they walk in your office no, or walk into your building. No, it starts long before that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you've seen it. And, and I can go in a little bit, but, you know, what's that first experience they have with you? Is it, is it your website? All Probably. Right. <laughs> now, if they go to your website, and uh, a lot has been learned from Donald Miller with StoryBrand in Nashville, Tennessee. I spent some time with him, and he said most websites are absolutely terrible. And he made the great point. He said, if you confuse, you lose. And we say that a lot in the you office. You say that all the time. I, I say it all the time because it's so simple. You look at a website, like, what do you do? do? Do people really care that your business started in 1954 by your grandfather? No, they care how can your business help them. And most websites have so much clutter and so much chaos going on that you don't even know what they're doing. So simple. Make your website simple. Make it easy. How do you actually affect your customer? If you're going to a website, how many times do we do this? Like, I'm going to a website. I'm trying to find a phone number. Yep. You can't find it. Every time we go to call a restaurant or a hotel. It's a phone number. Yeah. Like, put it very obvious. Like, yeah. it's just so simple. And mm-hmm. you can't find it. Or a contact or an email or some way to get in touch with people. Um, that's simple. So, you know, that's that starting point. And then, you know, what happens after that? You know, when they actually call you, you know, who's answering your phone? How are they answering the phone? What's the reaction? And I think that is a huge point. And, you know, I, I think we have a great person here that we have some great staff members. And one, Kiki, you know, we've learned so much about. And I'll share the story of Kiki. And, you know, Kiki was an intern that came, about, came on in, what's that, 2016? And she was, <laughs> she was very introverted, to say the least. And I think it's hard for any of us to think of that. But she, yeah, now looking back, no, she's looking back, anything but introverted. No, she comes in, like, even just this morning, she came in with just a new hairdo and sass and, you know, made yeah. a big deal. And, uh, <laughs> it was so funny because, you know, I remember that was halfway through her internship. And I said, Kiki, you know, we could use some help, you know, selling some beer at this game. And she said, okay, you're, like, out in the plaza. And I go, yeah. And I go, but get into it, you know, yell, yell beer here, you know, try to get animated and get fans to come to you and I remember halfway through the game I walked by and there's this huge line for Kiki Stan and all of a sudden I hear get tipsy with Kiki and she's literally (laughs) yelling that across and this woman became a whole new person yes she did and the next day she starts answering the phone with this whole new life and she was singing she's singing she answers the the phone phone, singing Savannah Bananas and comes up and greets people and you know Kiki as you know a young person has really seen that hey you can create a great fan experience and you can also embrace yourself and have fun with it. And that's how people, when they come into our stadium, our office, they're greeted by Kiki. There's no better first impression. Right. Her title now is? Yeah, the director the, of first impressions. The director of first impressions. Right. And so you think about that. And, you know, I think about when people buy from you, 
is it over then, or do you actually have something that happens after? Yeah, that? all those touch point opportunities. It, exactly. So, what do we do? I guess it was your idea. So, you go into some of the touch points. If, that some, we have. if someone buys a ticket or merchandise from you, what, what do most places do? That, you know, Automatic email. Yeah, I think it's how you bought a concert ticket. Receipt. Yeah, here's your confirmation. Here's your receipt. It's the driest thing. No one cares about it. So, I was like, let's make it fun. And so, now when someone buys from us from our website, they get an immediate email that comes back Congrats, you just made the best decision in your day. Right now, we are so excited. We're running around the stadium celebrating. We're doing Gatorade showers over each other. And now your tickets or merchandise is going to be held in maximum security and are safe, ready for you. Thanks again and go bananas. You know, something like that. And we try to mix it up again each year and make it more fun. But if you get that, it's like, wow, these guys are fun. Right. And then the next step even that we do. Yeah. Well, even before, you know, when that happens, they're actually sending out pictures on Twitter. Yeah, we have gotten. In social media saying that. I mean, imagine people sending out a picture of you just thanking them. Yeah, have a receipt, basically. And and again, it starts with this perfect experience. And then after that, you know, what's the next experience? Are they just showing up to your place or can you take it to the next level? And, you know, we actually train our people to make a thank you call. And it gets tough during the summer. I mean, we do thousands of ticket orders, but imagine buying from a website, getting a crazy thank you email, and then getting a thank you call. That's all. Just calling to say thank you. Already, you've already had another perception of this company that Mm -hmm. they're doing something right. It's not that hard. It just takes effort. Um, You know, we keep going from that. When Carl Sewell and Customers for Life, he would actually pay street cleaners to not just clean his parking lot, but clean the streets leading up to his, his car dealerships. That's because he cared so much about the perception of how people walked in. He spent thousands of dollars on bathrooms, making it the nicest bathrooms in all car dealerships. Same thing with us. We think about our, our first perception when you walk in. And I think you had this idea. And, and, you know, I think it was crazy. We were talking about, well, what about the people parking? You know, how do we make that fun? And, and what'd you come up with? Well, the parking penguins, of course. Which makes zero sense. Zero sense. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> like the, most things. I think we... it was the last game. You were actually dressed up in a penguin costume. Yeah. When staff calls out, you know, you, you do what duty calls for. <laughs> so in the respect you gain from the staff, you know, as an owner and 100 degrees dressed in a penguin costume, waving people in, but all of a sudden cars are showing up and they're seeing this penguin just guiding you to your spot. It's a little different. And then if you keep coming, then all of a sudden you see the marching band leading the pep band. And then the players are there greeting you. And then all of a sudden ripping your tickets are people dressed up like a banana costumes. That's before you've even seen the show. Now, we can do a lot better. Right. But it's because we're seeing the lens of what's the perfect experience for your customer. Yeah. So if you're trying to be different, and like I said, yellow tucks your business, start with what frustrates you about this industry and your business, and then what's the perfect experience. And if you start with those two, you're already almost on your way to doing something amazing. Okay. So what else? So we do those first two steps. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that a business can do? The last one is is the hardest. And I think uh, this is when you really take it to the other level. Um, I've already referenced it. It's whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And the way I learned this was from Al Fadden. And Al is the uh, author of the book called Innovation on Demand. And I remember showing up to a conference uh, my first year in the industry and he was the lead-off speaker. And I remember being blown away. This guy came off the stage, started throwing $2 bills at everyone. And I was like, what is this guy doing? And he was just creating so much energy and excitement. And he started telling the story about how he sold his book. And I was very intrigued. And he said, the innovation on demand. The way I sold the book is I thought how everyone else sells their book, and I go the exact opposite. And what he did is he wrote his book, and he bought a retail store, an abandoned storefront in Minneapolis. And what he did is he created a bookstore with just one book, his own. 
and he put the books all the way around the store. He had different sections like self-help, business, yes. history, and he had all these different That's sections. My part. And what was crazy, so you could go in and say, Do you have any self-help? Yep, I have one here. Do you have anything in business? I have anything here. And he had a sign that said shoplifting is encouraged because it was his own book. He just wanted people to have his book. Brilliant. And what was crazy that all of a sudden that one act because it was so different what happened. He had a full page in People magazine, and all of a sudden, everyone started covering all the news, the media, and he sold the So they books. just picked up on the story because it was crazy? Because it was different. Because whatever is normal, do the exact opposite. If you're doing the same as everyone else, no one cares. And I believe this more than anything. I go, attention is as or more important than marketing. If you create attention, then you can really have the op- opportunity to market. And he created the attention, and now he had everyone's focus that he could do whatever he wanted. That's the key. And so when he said that to me, I was like, wow, that's such an interesting idea. And you know, that's how we came up with Backwards Night and a lot of the things that we started doing. And for a business, I think that's challenging to think whatever's normal, do the exact opposite because you're so trained to see the business in one way and do it over and over and over again. Yeah. So it, that's the challenge. One thing that I know we hear a lot from both our people and people elsewhere in the world is, well, this is the way that mm-hmm. it's always been done. Yeah. And and you have great responses to that. But what do you say to somebody who comes up with, well, you know, I can't do that because this is the way we do it. or This is the way it's always been done. Yeah. I mean, that's like a fingernails on the chalkboard for us. As soon as we say it's the way it's been done, it's wrong because you have to reinvent as a business. If you say it's the way it's been done, that may have been great two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, but it becomes stale and becomes boring. You know, when, unless it comes to even, if it, even taking care of your customers, the perfect experience, you have to continue to reinvent that. So this is the biggest challenge I think all businesses have is look in the lens of whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Awesome. Okay, so walk us through those three steps again that you think a business can look at to yellow tux their all business. Right, start with your industry. Start with your industry as a whole, and you know, not just your own business, but the industry. What frustrates people about the industry? So again, this could be anything. This could be dentists. And you know, actually, I'll give a great example about a dentist as we <laughs> thought about this. You've probably heard of him. He's the most famous dentist in the world now, and about a year ago, no one ever heard of him. And what's his name? I don't know, but he's known as the singing dentist. Yep, the singing dentist. And, and all of a sudden, what he does is, which is crazy, he, he just records himself singing songs and putting in the words to things involving dental hygiene. Right. And he's getting millions and millions of views. Yeah, he's dressed, I think, in his scrubs. Like, he's in the dentist office, yes, right? you've yeah. seen him. I and, can picture it. Yeah, you've seen him. And he just f- does a timely song, a very popular song, changes it, puts it out there, and gets millions of views. And that is crazy, but people are loving it. I guarantee he's doing pretty well as a dentist because he's the most well-known dentist now. So he looked at his industry. All right, here, dentist. Boring, all right? You go in. People don't look forward to going to dentist. It's no. never an exciting... But imagine a kid gets to go and see the singing dentist. As a kid, I'd be excited. As an adult, I'm a little nervous if he's singing while he's working on my teeth. <laughs> a little bit. But overall, it's fun. And I think he looked at that industry. So look at the industry as a whole. What do people not like about it? What frustrates them? What challenges them? Then start to think about, all right, well, what could we do differently? And then the next step, I think, is just as important. What's that perfect experience for your customer? And start from the beginning, not when they come into your store, but the first time they see your store. And then finally, the one that I love is whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And you know, for our staffs here at the ballpark, when they say, all right, you know, we're going to send out our merchandise. Well, are we sending out our merchandise like everyone else is? Is it just in a box like everyone else? You, know, you have to look at that lens because that's what gets people excited. So those are the three criteria, I think, to simplify how to yellow tux your business. Awesome. So, well, I think every industry can be yellow tuxed in some capacity. Obviously, there is red tape with 
corporations and, you know, people that have these rules and laws and binders of information that you have to follow. So let's say that I'm stuck in a, a job that's just super corporate. How do I personally, you know, are there ways for someone to yellow tux themselves and not necessarily, you know, maybe they don't have the chance to change their industry quite yet. Where should somebody start if they've got that fire in them? They're, they're hearing you talk. Mm-hmm. They want to change something. Can they start just within? Well, I think let's unpack that and, and first go back to, yes, there's corporate and there's regulations and there's red tape. But, you know, I just read in a great book yesterday uh, known by Mark Schaefer, and he talks about a financial advisor. And as many people know, with financial advisors, there's only things, certain things you can't say you can't do. And this advisor decided, you know what, I'm going to make videos and I'm just going to give advice and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have fun with it. And it was on the edge of what was appropriate or what it was able to do. But all of a sudden he kept doing it and he stayed on that edge, but he was the first. And so there were all these regulations, but he realized that they could be interpreted differently. And he got out there and he was the first. And now he's one of the most successful financial advisors in the world. So the reality is there can be red tape and corporate, but there's ways around it. And I think in the stadiums here and the ballparks that we do, we find ways around most red tape. So, (laughs) so, so start with that. And, you know, to answer your question on, on, I think yellow tuxing yourself, um, yes, say you're, you're working for a, a huge bank and there's 20,000 employees and you have, you have a cubicle. You know, think about how you can stand out. And there's very easy ways. I mean, when you start, just look about, is your business card, is it normal? You know, for instance, as us, we always have, we have business card baseball cards here. Think about your email signature. Is it just like everyone else? Is it the corporate signature? Do you have something fun, a video? Is there something unique about it? Um, what about your name tag? And I think the idea of a name tag is, is very simple. A lot of people don't wear them. But if you're going to wear a name tag, make it fun. Make it different. Make it special. Um, you know, I think uh, there's one guy that I, that I read about as far as referrals. And he actually has a name tag that he always wears. He has a backup one behind it. And then he got a tattoo of his name on his chest. Wow. <laughs> so he will always have his name tag, no matter what. That's commitment. Um, so obviously you don't need to get tattoos. We're not advising that on, on this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, but it's just thinking about how do you make yourself stand out? And, and I'll say the biggest thing before you even look at those little details, it's, you know, realize what you can be the best at. All right, I'm sitting here in a yellow tuxedo, and I advise that no one should ever wear a yellow tuxedo. It's actually not the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's me. It's I'm crazy, I'm energetic, I'm outspoken. Yeah, it's, doing, it's yes. really become your calling card. It's what I do, but that doesn't mean anyone has to wear something similar. Find out what you're the best at, and does it fit you? You know, it could be an outfit, but more it could just be your personality. Whatever it is, amplify you. If you're gonna be, if you're a caring person, go all in on that and care more than anyone's ever cared. Amplify that. And I think most people, they kind of work on their weaknesses. And I believe everyone should go all in on their strengths. Um, as you know, uh, <laughs> as, as your husband, there's a lot of things I'm absolutely terrible at. Um, yeah, we won't, we won't get to that We won't list. get into those, but that list is very, very high. <laughs> but, you know, from, from landscaping to operations to things yeah. in the house, I'm the worst. Yeah. But the reality you said it. is if I try to do that, it'll take me an hour and a half to try to figure out stuff if I'm lucky and it won't be done well. What most people try to do in their days is they try to do a lot of everything mm-hmm. and they don't do it well. Go all in on your strengths. So realize what you can be the best at. Uh, you know, exercise is crazy as it sound. You know, talk to your friends, talk to your spouse, talk to people that know you and say, hey, what, what makes me different? You know, what makes me special? And, and if you actually get some real answers on that, you can go all in on that. Um, 
you know, for instance, example here, our amazing videographer and, you know, Ben, he's unbelievable at that. If we ask Ben to go do operations or things in the stadium, it's an ugly scene. All right. I've seen it happen. Him try to pull tarp. It is very, very ugly. But Ben is one of the best videographers I've ever seen. And he gets it. So he's going all in on that. And I think people just try to do so much of everything. And they always say, you know, work on your weaknesses. Forget your weaknesses. Be your best of your strengths. So start there. And then you can start to look at these little examples on how to stand out from name tags to your voicemail. Is your voicemail the same as everyone? Hey, leave your name after the beep. Come on. Are you kidding me with that? Like, that's not fun. Yeah. You know, just, just mix it up. And I think that's how you can start to, you know, stand out. And again, I make the big point. It's not just being different for different sake. You know, you stand out because if you stand out, you have more fun. You can find purpose and you enjoy life more. I, I believe it more than anything. So uh, not just listen and say, all right, I'm going to be different um, for different sake. No, you're going to be different because your life will be better. So if someone's listening right now and you've inspired them, they want to make a change, you suggest kind of stay in your lane, right? Find what you're really strong at, whether that's getting the hard truth from loved ones or you already know what your talents are. And then just capitalizing on those and being creative with that. Is mm-hmm. that kind of the first step? Yeah, I, I think first, one of the biggest things that I learned was you got to be a sponge. I mean, you got to, as much as you learn about yourself and self-awareness is huge, you just got to learn about other things as well. You know, some of the things that I've learned, uh, you know, I never knew I would love certain things as much. I never knew I would love, you know, making videos and creating this, but I've learned so much about the opportunity to put it out there and create that I'm into it. So I think the reality is be a sponge. And we're going to have some episodes on this podcast called The Yellow Tux Bookshelf. And I'm going to share some of the books and some of the lessons that I've learned from it. But, you know, start learning, you know, think about what can you read that you're really interested in and start learning, become a sponge, talk to other people in different industries, you know, find out about that. And then once you realize that and what you love, what you're interested, you know, if you could read a book right now, what would it be on? And yes, if it's Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, that may not help you with your job, but what is it about that that interests you? Is it the excitement? Is it the adventure? Then maybe that's what you should be doing in, in your job. So I advise people to start, be a sponge, start learning everything you can, then figure out what you can be the best at. And then after that, start taking, taking small bets. You know, not, not everyone has to leave their job, their cubicle. They can try something different on the side right. and find out they're great at it and love it. And if they do that, uh, I think that's where they find true happiness. Awesome. Or even if they are in that job and they want to stay there, just change your role, change your business cards, change your cubicle, change your voicemail greeting. People will start paying attention to you. 100%. You don't have to be like every other account executive on your floor. Yeah. Right. There's hundreds of books that talk about how, you know, it was a manufacturing company and all of a sudden, you know, people just change their outlook. They change their idea. They, they start being more positive and optimistic and had more fun. And all of a sudden the whole business has changed. So you don't have to leave your business. Just throw your own, you know, unique flavor into it and have fun with it. So that's what excites me. That's what inspires me. And uh, that's where I'm excited on this to start hearing your stories. You know, what are you doing differently? What, what, what have you done in your business that's really getting people to talk and make you stand out? That's the excitement for me. It's easy for us to see you, and I mean, I really only remember you as being this version of you, the the crazy, different, outside-the-box person, but are there other examples of, I'm trying to think of people in our lives, I guess, that you would reference who have yellow-tuxed their their job or themselves? Who are some people that you think are living this? Yeah, I'm not going to politically answer this, but I am. Uh, I think you're going to start meeting those people in some of our interviews that we're going to do. It's very easy when you look at whether, like I said, any industry, the restaurant industry, why are people standing out in that? If you look at any, whether a home builder, I mean, I've met home builders that are doing things differently than anyone else, and we're going to try to interview them. So it's, there's numerous examples. um, But again, it's just having this lens to look at it in a different way. Okay. So we want to hear from people who 
think that they might be yellow texting We'd love or to. who might have We'd love ideas. To. Yes. Okay. So what do they do? What's they want to share their story with you. How do they get yeah, in touch Yeah, you can you? go on findyouryellowtux.com. Uh, shoot us a note. Shoot me a note. I'd love to hear from you uh, and just have fun. And if you're ever in Savannah, I know a lot of people come down to Savannah. Love to see at the ballpark. We've had a lot of uh, interesting people come out and been able to share some time with them. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, we're excited to see the direction that this goes. And hopefully we'll be talking to some of you soon and excited to see other people yellow tux their life and their job the way we have, because I know we're living inspired and different every single day. Still the best interviewer and wife oh, we yes. have right there. Good. Only wife, hopefully. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the Find Your Yellow Tux podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. And if you love what you heard, leave a review. It would mean a lot to me. Next week, we have a great guest in Danny Merritt, the founder of Nine Line Apparel, one of the fastest growing online retailers in the world. It's an amazing conversation. I know you'll love it. So make sure you tune in. And until then, stop standing still, start standing out.